Hey everyone, this is Indra from Family Karma Cast. Today's podcast is a bonus episode featuring our new Thirsty 30 Bravo TV and pop culture chats that we are now offering to those of you who contribute $3 a month on our Patreon page. We wanted to give you all a preview of what they'll be like and hopefully entice you to support us on Patreon so you can get exclusive access to this content each week. And this week, we spend the majority of our 30 minutes talking about the racial justice controversy exploding all over Bachelor Nation right now, but also how it ties into Tiffany's current storyline on The Real Housewives of Dallas. And that's all we had time for this week because I literally set a timer for 30 minutes because let's be real, Deanna and I could talk about pop culture literally all day, but we'll cover all the Bravo shows and current reality TV and pop culture gossip each week on our Thirsty 30 episodes. So there's going to be something for everyone, and we hope you enjoy this preview of our Thirsty 30 episodes. And if you do, please sign up for more on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash familykarmacast with a K. And thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to... Here we are. Our Family Karma Cast Thirsty 30. <laughs> Patreon. Patreon, where we talk about all things... Pop culture. Pop culture and Bravo. Yeah. And Deanna and I, off mic, we're just talking about, like, social justice issues yeah. and stuff. And... And you said, I needed to save this until we're on the mic. So I'm curious what you're about to say. Well, I'm... I think... I'm curious if you've been seeing some of the most recent stuff happening in Bachelor Nation. So I, I saw, so I, again, like I'm going to shout out this uh, podcast that I listen to all the time. This is where I get all my Bachelor recaps mm-hmm. and they go, they do a play by play of like what we do with Family Karma of like, okay, so this happened, this happened. Which is just as good as watching the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's like... So it's Will You Accept This road, Rose, and the host is Arden Marine, and Arden does impressions uh-huh. of each <laughs> contestant. So I love that. That is She does a great Victoria. And so I am up to date on, um, I am aware how the, um, after the Rose, is that what it's after called? The, well, actually. Women Tell All? The Women Tell All, yeah. Sorry, Women Tell All, how when Chris Harrison came onto the screen it said something like filmed february 4th yeah so i mean that was way before he did that horrendous interview but so then there's all these questions with him and the contestant who had the like racist photos and things rachel and rachel for the record for someone who wasn't um Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt for someone who wasn't watching it Rachel was not on the women tell all because she's in the top three so like there's been a lot of questions since all this controversy of like what is cancel culture is it fair things like that and one thing I don't know if your podcast talked about but so the the bachelor podcasts I listen to are like the leftist liberal podcast let's shout it out what's its name so chatty broads with Becca and and Jess Becca was on Ari's season she was like the 21 year old short hair one of the only short hair contestants 
And she's very all about like being an ally, social justice work. Um, she has this podcast with her friend Jess, who I love Jess. Jess and Becca, they're such a great team. They actually have inspired me in terms of how we do our recaps for oh, Family Karma. Because they're very like, they get into the minutia. <laughs> and right. you know I like that. The minutia is important. Yeah. So she, um, so they have a really great recap podcast where they like dive in with the leftist perspective and then date card pod is okay. two women in portland who portland and you're Oregon. listening to both of them every week yes i listen to both of them every week and they um they tell it like it is mm-hmm. they look at they they're they're kind of like me they kind of hate watch the show yeah <laughs> but like in a way of like wow this is like a part of america that doesn't represent the circles that I live in or what I believe in necessarily and so it's kind of like a social experiment or like you know kind of yeah totally anthropological like survey kind of but so um what's really what's been kind of shaking in the liberal leftist space right now is this woman Taylor Nolan does that Sound familiar to you? No. Okay, so Taylor Nolan was on Nick Vial's season. Which one? Because I saw that season. She was the therapist who was beautiful. Like, she's half black. And she kept on saying, I'm a therapist, right? And she kept saying, like, you have mental health. Right, and she kind of had her own nervous breakdown a little bit on the... I don't think she did... But she she definitely like talked down to a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, that was it. And then. she was very. I remember like, her oh, by the, a she was the one. She was the one who was like, "You have very low emotional intelligence." Yes, yes. Yeah. Who was she talking to? Do we? I know? think she was talking to Corinne. Who, okay. Yeah. To be fair, Corinne does have with the low. trench coat, <laughs> who I actually think is pretty amazing. But yeah. Okay. So anyway, so Taylor kind of got a lot of shit on her season and. She was kind of annoying on the season. Right. And then since then, she has really used her platform and page. She started her own podcast. I forget what it's called. Um, but she like uses her Instagram and stuff to like really go hard into social justice issues. Oh, wow. And she's been like really vocal about the Chris Harrison stuff, the Rachel, yeah. K- Rachel Kirkconnell stuff. Like, But not even just now. Like she's been doing it for years. She like has really tried to like provide um space and resources for people who want Mm -hmm. to learn more about Mm -hmm. particularly like BIPOC issues and Black Lives Matter but in the past week and like I need to say to anyone who is triggered by like Mm. if you don't want to be triggered like you may not want to read her tweets but some tweets resurfaced from eight to ten years ago that show some of the most hateful language, hate speech against pretty much every marginalized community. You Whose can tweets of. are they? They're Taylor's. And so this is like... Wait, so Taylor, a woman pre-bachelor, of color. Yes. Pre-bachelor, who is a therapist. Yeah, and she's, uh, she's, she has talked a lot about how she's half black, half white, and how she has internalized a lot of white supremacist thoughts and racist thoughts herself and that so she was perpetuating hate against her own community community. but also um indians asians fat people um against um mental people with mental health issues she was she was saying stuff about her 
people she that were coming to therapy for her on her public platform. Oh, that which not like really you HIPAA, know is HIPAA no, compliant. Not cool. I mean, I read some of them and I had to stop because <gasps> really? they were so like a lot of them affect me specifically in right. my community. Like the South Asian stuff was really tough to look at. But then I'm like, but this also affects my friend who falls into this community. This affects my friend who falls into this community. It was against like LGBTQIA people. Uh It was against suicide survivors, (gasps) sexual assault survivors. I mean, it was like, where did this stuff come from? And so that has really like rocked the left podcast bachelor realm because Taylor has been such an ally to all of these people. How has she responded to... So that's also a really big thing is like, and also it's so interesting seeing she's been calling out Chris and Rachel for how they've been responding and now she has to respond to her own controversy, right? Mm -hmm. And her response was not great. Um, What'd she say? She was really defensive. And you and I were just talking about how particularly when white men get challenged on things these days that the first reaction can often be a defensive one. And I think that that's very real for a lot of people. Um, But yeah, so for Taylor, she kind of like felt she needed to give a response right away. She like hopped on an Instagram live and her with herself just like on Instagram. And she immediately she she didn't say sorry. She just was like, this was like these tweets were I left them up on purpose because I Hmm. wanted to show people how much I've grown which is it seems like that's kind of bullshit because it seems like she didn't even actually realize the extent of what was out there like she had Mm -hmm. forgotten about it so um then there was then she was like you know this was this was revealed by people who are trying to like cut down the work that I've been doing. It was all very like I'm I've been doing so much work, like look at how much I've grown, whatever, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And but nowhere in that statement was a genuine just like, wow, I'm sorry. Like yeah. this these words are extremely harmful and like triggering to many different communities. And I am like, that didn't come until like a few days later. And it's kind of like too little too late for me. Like, I feel like you see so much in that first reaction. Now, is this how we kind of start to segue into like, what is cancel culture and what we believe, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like, so do we cancel her? Like a lot of those leftist podcasts are like, do we need to give people more time to respond? Because when they just have a knee jerk reaction, it's not good. Right. I think for me, um, I don't believe in cancel culture. I've kind of thought about it a lot. Like when you say you don't believe, do you mean like you don't think it should be a thing or you don't think that it is a thing? I think it is a thing. I think it's very much at the forefront of kind of, you know, you and I are very into pop Mm -hmm. culture. And I think especially within the pop culture realm, I'll just talk or, you know, these subcultures in the pop culture realm, like Bachelor Nation or like Bravo or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I, I don't want to cancel anyone. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think that people 
deserve the right to kind of have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not trying to defend what she did, but she probably, I'm guessing, felt backed into a corner and she just yeah. started having to punch, mm-hmm. whether it was that or not. And and that this could be totally wrong. I think that um, I have no idea how old she is. She's um, young. So that's the other thing was like, I think she's in her like, I think she's like 26, 27 max right now, which means those tweets were from when she was like 18, potentially. Which is like, I'm not trying to excuse, but like I will say some of my biases I've seen in the past within my myself Mm -hmm. or is from Mm self-hatred. You know, just like when I was younger, the way I perceived women around me. Mm hmm all had to do with how I felt about myself yeah and just or just like you know and I think I'm just using that as an example obviously everyone has biases to say you walk through the world colorblind is just kind of or just bias free is not true and it never will be like you always have to be doing the work to dismantle that right I think the what we got wrong with pop culture is like hopefully for all of us we're doing a lot of self-reflection and I guess I'm 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 talking about this being a counselor getting my master's in clinical mental health so I mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm well versed but I read about it all the time yeah but I think the problem is with celebrities is especially modern celebrities because okay so let's think of like back in the day like the 60s right or like Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it took time and effort to have like a statement from her you know you had to like go through her press and it was like nothing was immediate no. right and then flat Fast forward to 2021, yes. where fame is instant, um, responses are instant. Everyone has a immediate platform and access. Everyone has immediate. You you can hit enter on your phone, yes, literally, and send it to millions and millions of people and news sites and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that like I just. I'm I'm going to bring up Stassi. Is that okay? Yes, please do. So. I was first, what's her name? Taylor? Taylor Nolan. So Taylor needed to stop. And that's the thing, like, not, I'm going to be 40, right? Yeah. And I'm not saying I have more, any more self-reflection than someone who's 18, maybe just because I have years and because I've been in therapy for like 20 something years because of my own shit growing up. Mm -hmm. But my reaction, just as someone who's not in tune to posting a lot of shit on Twitter or whatever is to not like have a knee jerk reaction in that realm. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, if someone accused me of something, mm-hmm. if it was my knee jerk reaction, I might jump on that, but I don't. With Stassi, she did k- take a couple days and it seemed like, I don't even remember what her response is. It was off. Her her response was like, the written one was just fluff. And then there was that interview that she did. Yeah, it was just press release. Yeah, and the interview just kind of negated. And, and there's this flaunting thing that people have to do right now in the public eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rather than, I don't know, maybe we saw her like, it would be better if we saw her volunteering at a marginalized community center, you know? Am I just even making sense? No, I think so. I mean, it's like it's like self reflection. That interview she did was basically it was right. like Stassi, you that, clearly that have not learned like anything. The, whatever the apology was, 
was written by a PR person. Yeah. Granted, she probably read yes. White Fragility, which is like when a white person talks about race and talks about white fragility and that's the only thing they talk about that is a pet peeve of mine i think what you're saying though about like maybe we need to see her doing some work doing doing is a huge action and we have to remember that doing that work takes a lot of time time what's what's interesting about taylor's situation is that she has done a ton of work and she has been an advocate in spaces for people who she really hurt through those tweets from a long time ago. And it's like, then her response was really defensive. It was very centered and like, look at me and how great I am now instead of like apologizing. And I think what I'm gleaning from all of this is like, sure, we need to give people time to process things and get through them. And that's on her too. Like I'm saying that's on her to, to take the initiative and shut her mouth. Yes. And I think that we need to expect people who get called out for this shit to the first thing they need to do is say, I am sorry. Like you just need to start there and it needs to just like you need to really say sorry. And I think that is what we're learning from all of this shit in Bachelor Nation lately. But we're not learning is the thing. But I, I know like, that sounds really. I'm negative. hoping we I'm do. Hoping we I'm do. hoping we I'm do. Hoping like we I do. do think, as people are unpacking, especially on the left, like someone within their leftist group has now become part of the the problem. How are they dealing with that? I think it's like at least those spaces. I think are trying to like figure out. Okay, how do we handle the next time this happens? Right. What do we, how do we ask for someone to respond? Do we ask for them to respond right right away? Whatever. But also like, it's okay to demand an apology right away, I think. Yeah. I think it's okay to ask people to say sorry. Right. And I think that people feel like when they're in that area. Yeah. When people especially have put you up on a pedestal like the Chris Harrisons and whatever, Mm -hmm. when they feel swung at, they're going to swing yeah. back. And that totally. should not be an initial reaction for these folks. No. And I mean. And that's how they feel. And I think. And that, I'm not saying it's good. It's just like. That's how they feel. Yeah. It's a human so reaction. We're so not used to being called out. And that is something that, you know, just, just we need to figure out. We need to figure out how to digest and how to teach the next generation to do better. And this generation, of course, but. Yeah, and I think that saying like, oh, well, it's just a natural inclination to be defensive is true. And I think we can change that as a society Yeah, to be more empathetic in that moment and be like, wow, what I did was fucked up. Fucked up. I'm really, really sorry. And I need a few days to think about what I've done right? so that I can get back to you about like how we're going to proceed from here. And I would, I would respect someone if they said that so much. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, I just, you know, it's like this instant instantaneous exchange of information is beneficial, but it does bite us in the ass because it's like, you know, people feel the need to just like, just respond with something. Yeah. And that's not, that that kind of conversation is not going to propel us forward into understanding yeah you know where where we are wrong because mm-hmm. there's zero self-reflection in that yeah there is none 
There is none. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. I didn't mean for that to take up our and whole... And I heard that Chris Harrison is coming back. So he did another apology on Good Morning America, which honestly, oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even watch because... I just like, I'm sorry, but I like Chris is canceled for me, (laughs) you know, like, I don't believe that I think it's going to take many years for him to process the internalized white supremacist values that he has. But what does canceled mean? I mean, does that make sense? Like, does it mean different things to with different celebrities. Well, he's not going to be canceled if he if he gets no, fired from not. The Bachelor. That man is going to be just fine. Do you know how many people are out there supporting him right yeah. now? Like yeah. he's going to be fine. Should he be the host of The Bachelor anymore? No, I Absolutely don't think he should not. be. I don't think he should be. But does that mean I I think he should be canceled if I don't think he should be the host? You think he should be fired from his job for fucking up? That's what you think. That's what I think. We are recognizing that The Bachelor shouldn't be in this stagnant white lens and that we need to change it up. Does that mean I want to cancel Chris Harrison, though? I'm asking you. No, I think it means that you just like someone who messes up at their job really badly gets fired. Chris gets fired. You're asking for someone to be fired from a job because they messed and it's up. Not, and you know, it's not even being fired. It's like he has a golden parachute. He's going to probably still be in the credits. He has, his, oh, you know, and yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, let's put a different lens on The Bachelor. And from what I've understood of what's going on with Matt James, like this, we we are seeing that the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. like, I think it sounds highly like great entertainment but like what is the show exactly Mm -hmm. and what's the vetting process for getting these you know contestants on to on camera and something that we're watching and Mm -hmm. learning from every week I don't want to learn from a Rachel no like that is going to plantation parties or lady antebellum parties like that's just not something i want to learn about i want to learn about different cultures i want to learn about different walks of life particularly when your bachelor is a man of color like and when that's he- why i turned it off because i was yeah. like from what i've heard and and just my initial i was like this is through a white lens it happened from the beginning yeah when chris harrison was talking over matt james telling him how he should experience it and that was a total turnoff yeah and you don't need to watch it i think yeah i think it's been really interesting for me to just kind of sit here and be like i knew this was a white space and now i'm like 100 and 50 percent sure that this is the whitest space and that Everything they've tried to do to kind of virtue signal that they, you know, look, Tasha's a woman of color. Look, Matt's a man of Matt. Matt's a black man. Like, look at this. These 25 women on this cast. Oh, yeah. If you look at so there's an account called Bachelor Data on Instagram, which I suggest everyone follow. They show the stats of screen time based on the contestants. (gasps) Shit. All the white contestants got more screen time, even though they were largely in the minority. All of the followings on social media have been for the white contestants. That's the highest following. This is fucked up. It's so like if you think we don't have a problem with this in America, like 
you need to figure your shit out. Do you know what I can unsee, which the podcast I listened to pointed out? Yeah. Is like they had a black contestant, but they needed to make him a God-fearing man, a super religious God-fearing man and have him pray. Well, do not get me started on Christianity and The Bachelor. Right. (laughs) Because... Which is a white lens, which is another... Christianity is a function of white supremacy, and I need everyone to you know that. You said what you said. I said it. And it's, <laughs> I mean, I'm not making this shit up. It's like people, this is known in like, in diversity and equity and inclusion spaces. Mm. This is a, mm-hmm. this is a well-studied, understood concept that yeah. Christianity is a function of white supremacy. So, yes, they needed to. They needed to inject him with as much whiteness as they could to make him palatable to audiences, which is so fucked up. And now in our in our last moments, can we talk about can we talk about Dallas? Oh, 100 percent. I'm I'm this this like ties into the stuff with Tiffany, I think. Yes. And okay, so. I love Dallas, but no one wants to make Tiffany comfortable. No. And Tiffany, like the way Tiffany was in this last episode and has been, like all of the apologizing, bending over backwards to fit in. Like, I want you to know, listeners, Mm -hmm. if you are not a person of color who mm-hmm. has grown like a first generation who has grown up in a largely white space, you probably haven't experienced this, but that's been me my whole life, especially yeah. when I was young. And like, let's be real. The real housewives is like a version of like a clicky high school girl click. You know? And she just wants to be in it. She just wants to be in it. And these women are coming after her. Oh, you talked about your toilets too much. Oh, you did like, you made oh, us you, take off our shoes. You made us take off our shoes. Oh, you asked us to leave at 1030. Like, all you had too many rules. Like, and she's just sitting there being or like... Or just even like, what is the food that you're feeding us? I want to go to the last episode. And I right. want to I want to write down how many times Tiffany said I'm sorry throughout that episode. That was tough. I know. And then Brandy starts crying. And she's like, I don't know how to act around fill in a person of color no she's saying i i can't be myself and i'm like so what is yourself racist i know is that what you're saying literally that's what she's saying she's saying i can't be myself because i'm afraid i will offend you i will be racially insensitive which is like brandy maybe you need to change she needs to change like change up your circle of friends Mm -hmm. and put yourself where you're the minority. I mean, like what? But she'll never experience that racially. Right. As a white woman right. in Dallas. Do you know and you what know I Brandy mean? And you know Brandy left. She announced she's not coming back. I did yeah. actually see that. Did, so she announced that like a few she did. weeks yeah. ago, so right? She's not, and I'm wondering why. Did she I say mean, why? No. I think she's just like, yeah, I'm just like kind of. But it could be because of the Tiffany stuff. Well, so the preview for next week is shows like that. The episode ends with Tiffany being like, yeah. Brandy, what do you think about me? After saying all these super nice things about Brandy. I know. And so and then it shows Tiffany crying and she leaves the lake house. And if no one goes to come. Although the thing is, is I'm not a huge Deandra person. Yeah. But Deandra is 
on Tiffany's side. And I love, I actually loved seeing that they have a genuine right. friendship and that Tiffany can feel safe right. around Deandra. Like, because I just see her otherwise, I just like see her internal struggle so much. And Cameron Westcott, oh, her microaggressions are unreal i said this to you over text but i want to say it on here too it's like the stuff with the etiquette stuff like really rubs me the wrong way because i grew up in an indian household we ate with our hands we didn't have table Mm -hmm. manners we didn't have like like all of the stuff that Cam was going on about like, oh, you need to um, have a centerpiece. You need to put this on the invitation if you want us to leave at a certain time, blah, blah, blah. Like all of these etiquette things, those are also things that happen in white spaces. Right. And Tiffany grew up in uh, East Asian household. Like she immigrated from China. She had to learn English. Like it's just there's no sensitivity to her experience, even though she's being very right. vocal about it. I feel like I think these women are so far removed from that that it's like I just I really feel for Tiffany. I really, really do. I do appreciate that um, Bravo is putting the lens on the pressures um, she has of being um, a first yeah. generation Asian woman with the pressures that she has from her family to succeed. Mm-hmm. And we saw that with Dr. Wendy. Yeah. With Dr. Wendy, well, with, with, with Tiffany. From Potomac, she, yeah. Yeah, she has no support Yeah, in her journey from the other women. No. Whereas, like, you know, people are supporting, I'm trying to think, just like Cameron and her stupid... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, street sale or whatever it is. Totally. And it's like Tiffany tries to throw this party. And of course, like, you know, like there were some things that might have rubbed me the wrong way had I been there. But it's also like she's trying, you guys. She works five days a week. Yeah. And she's like, and so what if she has rules? It's her home. During COVID. Yes. The woman can't go into her house. She showers in, in another the outdoor area. shower. I know. <laughs> Before she gets goes in dressed her and then goes and sees her twin daughters. It's wild. Okay. I hate to cut us off, but our 30 oh, okay. minutes are up. We did I, it. I We did it. And we're keeping it to 30 minutes because we could I talk need, all day. We could talk all day. I only have so much time for editing. And we're going to do these once a week. And we really, we need some patrons. So yeah, tell we have your zero. Friends. So maybe you're listening to this five episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll post this on our regular feed to entice yeah. some people. I think that sounds good. But thanks for listening, everybody. This has Thank been you. Thirsty Third, the Thirsty 30 with Family Karma Cast. Namaste, bitches. Namaste, bitches. <laughs>